Det gick ikke så bra med det demokratiske partiet ved parlamentsvalget i april. Men det stod ikke på Edona Staka. Hun talte for tusener om en politisk forandring i Albania, et alternativ til det socialistiske styret. Edona er utdannet advokat, men det bryr hun seg lite om. Det var utdannelsen hun tok, men hun er ikke så opptatt av det. Nå jobber hun i stedet ved universitetet i Skåder. Edona er en nestleder for studentenes bofellesskap. Og så er hun politiker, eller er hun egentlig det? Edona er en helt spesiell dame på 30 år, med mange talenter og et stort hjerte for land og folk. Hun gir Gud æren for alt hun har fått og oppnådd i livet, og vet at han må bestemme veien videre. Jeg er på vei til Edona til familiens leilighet i centrum av Skåder. Og vi starter med politikken. Edona, vi vil starte med ditt sterke politiske engasjement. Hvorfor og hvor lenge har du stått i dette? Oh, actually I got engaged in politics when I was around 17 years old. Too young. But um, it was something that pulled me into politics. And um, I understood that politics runs every cell of, of our society. So politics was running uh, not only economy or, um, you know, uh, education or healthcare and stuff like that. Politics in Albania was running also the families. And Albania needed a big change. And I thought at that time that only through politics I could change something in Albania. And then I realized that I have to do something. And the right moment came when a friend of mine invited me to be part of politics. And um, it wasn't hard for me to decide at which party I had to go. Because being an idealistic girl, it, come, it came naturally to me to go with Democratic Party. Because my family also was part of that party also. And um, it was very naturally to, to go there, to be part of the youth movement of that party. And um, time by time I'm, I, I got very uh, related emotionally to the party. And that's how it began actually. Not something very, very special, just like a, a road to where I think I belong to. And um, it was like this inner voice that always said to me that you have to be part of this. Now I don't know if I was right or wrong, actually. But um, for the moment I took a pause just to rethink if I want to be part of politics. And... Um, I have to admit that it's one of my greatest passions. And I don't know, I have 
to wait for a confirmation if I have to be there or if I have to leave that road. Du er en personlig kristen. Er det en styrke å ha med seg inn i politikken? Actually, when I become a Christian, I began to doubt if I want to be in politics anymore. Because when you are in politics, you have to be strong and tough. You have to fight with the others. You have to sometimes to say bad things of their political performance. And that's uh, where when you doubt that is this for me? Is that who I want to be? Is that kind of person that I want to be? Because Christianity doesn't teach me that. It teaches me to be caring, to be merciful, to be loving to the others. And politics, sometimes it's very hard and uh, you can't be yourself in that. It's even harder for women, for us women, because it's a male environment a manly environment and uh, sometimes being a woman in politics turns you into half man you have to be tough to resist in that environment and um, the main reason why i doubt was that now i understand that a country doesn't need only good policies at first, it, need, it needs to go to, to know God. So, how now that I'm in belief, that I'm in faith, how now can I lead people to God first? Can I do this through politics? I don't know. How can I maybe combine these two roads? I don't even know this. So I have to wait. That's what I told you that I'm in a pause right now because I have to know how to combine these two roads. If my goal is, in, is to be in politics, I have to know how to use politics for the glory, to give glory to God. And um, in Albania, it's so hard. It's so hard to do that. So I have just to wait, just to wait. Nedona, du are 30 år gammel og du brenner for så mange områder. Vi må skru tiden litt tilbake. Hvor er du født, og hvordan var oppveksten din? Yes, it's true that I have so many passions. And um, in fact, God gave me so many talents that I used to use to give glory to myself. Um, I was born here in Skodra. I think that not because I was born here, but I think that it is the most beautiful city in Albania. It has everything. I think I'm very blessed to be to be born here. And I've never felt to leave uh, this city or this country even. Um, my childhood was, was very happy. I was a typical uh, child of neighborhood, playing all day long around the neighborhood. And... Uh, of course, going to school and the main stuff that childs do. But I also went to, to learn how to sing, to learn how to dance, to learn how to paint, to learn judo, karate. And I did so many things when I was a child, actually, because I wanted just to know my, my strength, to know my abilities. 
and to improve them time by time. So um, I, I can say that I was a happy child mm. till uh, the moment that responsibilities came in in my life because my father got sick. He had thrombosis. He was diagnosed with thrombosis and cancer also. And um, he wouldn't work anymore. So my mom had to do the work, had to, you know, to make us go on and move on. Uh, my mom is a singer and uh, someone invited her to sing abroad. Some local artists invited her to sing abroad. She went. She went at first in Switzerland and uh, Germany to sing. And uh, we had to stay without her maybe for around three months per year. And when she left, I took the responsibility to take care of my father and of my sister. So it was like a pre-grown-up for me. Suddenly I felt that I had to be in charge of everything. That's when my life actually changed from being a very, you know, free child, from being free to do anything I wanted to a very responsible child and taking care of, of, of my family till my mom came. So, but I can't complain about that. I don't complain about that because that's what helped me to become who I am today, a very responsible person. So I didn't have so much time to to improve my talents anymore and I have to leave singing and dancing and painting and just to take care of, of my lessons also, doing my homeworks also and being a good student to make, to make my parents proud of me. Men hvordan var ungdomstiden din? Well, as I told you, being a responsible child helped me so much to have a, like a calm uh, period of being a teenager. So it came naturally to me to refuse to drink or refuse to smoke or refuse to be in bad company. I learned how to choose the friends. And we have a phrase here in Albania, choose your friends better than you are. And that's what I did. I chose my friends better than I was. And um, I kept, I was trying all, all the time to keep myself safe from bad habits. So I was trying to be a role model to my sister at first. I was trying to be a role model to my friends at second in my class because also I was in charge of my class. I was president of my high school also. So if you want to give an example, you have to be the example. So all that worked good for me, worked good for me because it kept me, as I told you, far away from so many bad habits. Men du hade också en längsel efter något mer utanför den katolska kyrkan som du har fostrat upp igenom. Kan du fortælle lite om det? Well, that's very interesting in fact because um, I used to read Bible a lot when I was a child. Yes, the Bible 
kids, Bible for kids. And I used to dream about Jesus Christ and Mary all the time when I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. And I was very passionate to read the Word of God. And um, I knew I used to know all the stories of Samson and Daniel and Prophet Jonah, you know, I, I knew them all. And um, I didn't realize then the, the, that inner voice in my head that was pulling me into something deeper. And uh, I just wanted to respect the tradition there, to go to church, to learn uh, the world before getting baptized or normal stuff that church did. And I went through all the phases of uh, a Catholic life. And um, it was like a cold time when I was a teenage between me and the church, because you know, as I told you, I got a little, a little um, bit engaged to school and I left a little bit the church behind and um, but now I realize that that kind of responsibility that I had in my heart and that kind of thinking that I have to be apart from bad habits was actually the voice of God it's not like a God seek at that time because I thought that I'm a good girl I don't know. I don't do bad things. I go to church every Sunday. I know the word of God. I'm a good girl. You are a good guy, and everything is all right between us. Men du har haft en god vän genom hela livet som heter Antonio. Eh, han skulle komma till att betyda något helt speciellt för dig. Vad skedde med han? I never knew that one person that I know since forever became like the best part of me right now. And um, as you said, I've known Antonio for like eternity. Uh, we live in the same neighborhood and uh, we used to see each other like rarely, but when we saw each other it was like, hi Antonio, how are you? Hi Aduna, how are you? What are you doing? Come on, can we get a, a coffee together? And we just, sat in the coffee and used to talk for hours and hours and hours discussing so many different themes, you know. And um, years passed by and I uh, used to see him even more rarely. It was that time when I saw him by occasionally really in the street in the neighborhood and he invited me for a coffee. And I was okay with pleasure because we hang out all the time with each other. It's normal. And uh, I saw some changes to him. He began to talk and talk and talk about God, about his faith, about what he discovered, about his transformation. I didn't realize it at all. And I think that someone brainwashed this guy's brain. <laughs> It was very uncomfortable for me to stay around him or to listen to things like that. And I was just trying to be respectful and uh, 
to take care of his feelings, to not hurt his feelings. And I was just listening. Um, yes. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. But actually I was doing that. Oh, God, you have gone so bad. What's happened to you? You know, and I was just replying just to respect him. And because I love debates also. So it kind of at the end intrigued me mm -hmm. to get involved in the conversation about God. And uh, this, our meetings began to be like more often talking to God. And he invited me all the time to speak to me about a relation with God, about what God's plans for you, what God is trying to tell to you, etc., etc. And I was always fighting him that why do you do say such things to me? I have a relation with God too, in my way, but I have it. I pray to God too. I know who God is, but he had the intentions to, to, to push me to the reading again, to push me to ask for God again. And I begin to think that is there something wrong with him or with me? It's like, it was like a curiosity that was in my mind all the time, all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will let this part for another question. <laughs> this is the best part. Antonio is a football player on the highest level. And he is used to go all in with what he engages sig i. How did that in his Christian life? Oh, it's like more, like 100% more powerful. Yes. He's the exact type that Christianity needs. Because I barely saw a young boy with that fire and with that enthusiasm for Jesus Christ. And such love for Christ I don't know, I, I can't say it's hard to find, but he expresses it very well. Mm. And um, he can reach people's heart with what he has in his heart. So that's why I appreciate him a lot, because he loves God so much. So We kind of began to date each other, me and Antonio. And um, he was always talking to me about God and I was always refusing what he has to say to me, what he had to say to me. So it came a moment, maybe after three or four dates, that um, I felt that there was something bigger in between us. And I wasn't understanding that what's, what was that thing that was standing between us and I was like what's wrong with me why he doesn't make any step forward to me or am I doing something wrong or I don't know how to 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 behave with a boy or I don't know I'm such a good girl I have such good manners why Antonia is not responding in the way I want to the affection that we had for each other. And suddenly this dating stopped. 
And in that time, I didn't realize that <laughs> believers do not date non-believers. And I would like really to emphasize that believers do not date non-believers. I didn't know that and I was in this, I don't know, disappointed with myself and uh, I was very upset with the fact that our little story didn't have any happy end as, as I wished for. So he left to Kosovo to play in Kosovo and um, I really felt that something broke into my heart. And in this situation, I began um, to go every day to church, every day to church near at my work. And my prayer consisted uh, only in the fact that God, I want me to, I don't know, to reveal me from this pain. I don't want to suffer from one guy that I dated just for three or four times. It was not normal for a strong girl that I was, you know. And I just wanted to don't think about him. And the prayer consisted also in what Antonio used to tell me, God, show me who you are. I need to know me who you are. I need to know that you are with me. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed all the time. Just give me a sign that you hear me. Give me a sign that you feel my pain. And um, at November, I think, Antonio came for vacations from Kosovo. And I invited him at a youth meeting the cathedral <laughs> and what's what's coming up in my mind was that look I have to convince him to come back to Catholic Church because that guy is brainwashed and it has to come back to normality you know <laughs> yeah. and I invited him and uh, he accepted to be there he accepted to come in that youth meeting mm. and uh, he got really impressed by the sermon and I was like, in my mind, like, oh my God, that's a victory for me. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> but I didn't know what was going on in his mind. He invited me at his church then. So I came to yours. Now you have to come at my church. And I went there. I went to this evangelist church. I went there only because of Antonio, because I really liked him and I wanted to be where he was. So yeah, I accepted and I said, yes, I will be there. And we went to the church. But sorry to disappoint you, nothing happened that day. It was like a normal sermon. I liked the pastor's preach. I thought that, yeah, he's very good. He's a good one. That's a good preach but nothing else, nothing interested, nothing touched me, really. And I left the church that day. And Antonio was very eager to know that, what did I feel, you know? How did you feel? How? I said, no, no, it was like a normal thing for me. Nothing, what do I have to feel there? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that was for that day. Maybe two or three years later, I was talking to Antonio for one of my biggest fears at that time. I had a fear of uh, 
darkness. And um, I say to him that, look, I'm, I'm really frightened right now. I can barely handle the darkness in my room and I have to stand up and turn on the light. And he says to me, no, 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 just stand there in your bed and say out loud, Jesus, you are the light in the darkness. Jesus, you can, I don't know, you can set me free from all my fear and from all my anxiety, but say it out loud, say it out loud. And I was like, okay, I will try this. And I like took a position in my bed and I said it very loudly that Jesus help me, please help me go through this. Help me like overcome my anxiety and, and my fear of darkness, you know? And maybe in seconds, everything became like more calm to me, like a serene place. And I was writing to Antonio that, yeah, it, it really worked. I'm feeling very peaceful right now. And we said goodnight to each other and I went to sleep. And that night, I saw the dream that I can call a turning point in my life. Ja, vad blev vägen vidare för Redona och hennes tätte bond med fotbollsproffen Antonio Marcu? Vill du veta detaljerna i denna intressanta historien? Må du följa med i del 2 av möte med Edona Staka. I know that this music is only a 